it's not that we didn't struggle. Like, yes, we chose to trust God, but that was a choice. That wasn't a feeling. Because after you go through pain and tragedy, you don't really feel like trusting God. Hey, welcome to the Four No Men podcast. My name's Ryan, and on this episode, I interview Lindsay and Jason Higdon. She wrote a book called As I Lay Weeping, where sorrow and suffering meet faith and hope. It's part story, part journal, and part devo, and it's full of scripture. It's amazing. I love that. She created it to help women process their pain, and today I invite her and her husband, Jason, to the podcast so we could learn about them, the book, but also so you could hear from Jason what he learned about supporting his wife during loss. So without further ado, here's the interview with Lindsay and Jason Higdon. Lindsay, I want to commend you. Writing a book, a book about pain, and a book Mm -hmm. about your own personal pain is no small feat. So I want to commend you on that first and foremost. Thank you. I appreciate that. For having us. Yeah, I, I think... I think women need this book because I it's, it's like I said in the introduction, it's part of your story, part of your journal. And again, thank you for sharing part of your journal. That's probably deeply intimate for you to get to yeah, that place. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> part of scripture. So, to, so walk me through the book and then why you felt like God told you to write it and just give me the, the 411 of the, the whole process for you. Yeah. So with the book, um, So after we lost our twins, Natalie and Noah, um, I really, I had no idea how I was going to get through it. I was in such a dark place and had no idea how I was going to be able to continue living a life of purpose or joy. I really, I didn't know how to keep living, but not in a physical sense, in the sense of how am I supposed to keep living my life without Natalie and Noah here? And during that time, I searched for stories of other people who had gone through similar experiences because I was so desperate to know that other people had gone through it and and survived it. I wanted to know that they survived it. And then I wanted to find out how they survived it. So it's been about six, uh, six and a half years for us. And um, I felt so strongly the Lord leading me to write this book, to be able to share how I got through it, which really is how the Lord got me through it. And um, I did, I kept a prayer journal during that time. And looking back now, I'm so glad that I did because it really documented my walk with God over the course of that painful time. So um, being able to intertwine that, um, yes, definitely very intimate. A lot of tears shed throughout the writing of the book. Um, But I just, I just so much had on my heart that, that, I wanted it to be a resource for other people. And um, I felt so adamant, um, again, after the losses, that the Lord had to bring something purposeful and meaningful out of this. Um, I would literally just plead with the Lord just to use it somehow. So I feel like this book is one of the ways that God can do that. And it's one way that he can bring purpose and meaning from our pain and what we went through. So it's um, really just my heart's desire and my hope that the Lord would use this book to help give hope and comfort to others and ultimately too to point them to Jesus and encourage them to remain steadfast in their faith in the midst of circumstances that really can be challenging to our faith. Mm. 
I love that. Will you do me a huge honor? Would you spend a couple minutes walking me through the story of Natalie and Noah? And the reason I want to hear that is that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? So we are going to talk about Jesus in a second, but I I think that for us and, and a person that is listening to this podcast, we have to know what happened. And then if you could give us some hope in the midst of that process and just allow us the honor of hearing about your story, if that's okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. It, it is an honor to be able to share about them. And um, I'll try not to cry. We'll see how I do. It's all good. Is that we dealt with infertility prior to our losses, um, which was that was hard in and of itself. And after many years of trying to get pregnant, um, we found out that we both had significant fertility issues. Um, and that was devastating, really. But we believed that God had a plan and we so desperately wanted to have children. So after a lot of prayer and investigating our options, Um, We felt led and peaceful to move forward with fertility treatments, and that resulted in our first pregnancy. Thank God. We were so excited, so thankful, and then we were double excited and thankful to find out we were pregnant with twins. And it's so hard to emphasize how just elated and grateful we were, right? This was like bliss. Um, so excited. We found out at my 20 week ultrasounds that we were having a girl and a boy whom we named Natalie Jane and Noah J. And we were just preparing for their arrival and for life with them. We had a big gender reveal party. Um, we were getting the nursery ready. I was reading a book called what to do when you're expecting to, I don't think I'll ever be able to get rid of that book. It's still up there. Um, you know, and uh, we went on a baby moon, just everything. It was fabulous, right? And then on June 15th, 2017, I started going into preterm labor, except I didn't realize it was preterm labor with it being my first pregnancy. So I didn't realize what was happening. Um, didn't end up going to the hospital until the morning of June 16th. And that's when we realized something was wrong. By the time we got there, contractions were so bad. They had to wheel wheelchair me up to labor and delivery because I couldn't walk. And the doctor came in and checked. I was fully dilated, literally about to have a baby. And I think we started to understand the gravity of the situation. Except at first, you know, we were like, okay, the babies will be born and they'll stay in the NICU for a bit, but they'll be fine, right? And um, but then it wasn't until the doctors explained to us that the babies really were too premature to survive. Um, and at that point, I think we both went into shock. Um, not terribly long after being admitted to the hospital, Natalie Jane was born and she was born in the presence of Jesus already. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was she was beautiful. I got to hold her right away. And it was both, both the best and worst moment of my life. And um, we had her with us the rest of the day and that whole night. And that night, I did not sleep at all. I just held her. And all the while, Noah's still inside of me, moving around. And, um, you know, the doctors were trying to find a way to save Noah. Um, But the next day on the 17th, my labor continued to progress. And Noah was born that evening at 7.01 p.m. I'll never forget it. Mm. 
his birth was very different from Natalie's. Noah was born alive, and I got to hold him. He tried to breathe on his own. Um, and a few minutes after he was born, um, as he's there with us, he peacefully passed into the presence of Jesus and his sister, too. Mm. And um, that night, we had Noah with us as well, just as we had had Natalie the night before. Um, the nights were certainly the hardest. I think it was that night it started to to kind of hit, really. Um, and I would just start crying out and screaming out. Um, it was really horrific, really. Having to say goodbye to their physical bodies was certainly the most traumatizing thing that we had to do. And losing them just absolutely shattered us. Um, it absolutely shattered us. Um, like I said, it's been about six and a half years um, there's not a day that goes by that I don't wish they were here with us. I think you feel the same. Absolutely. Uh, I do add too that um, about four years ago, um, we lost a third baby too. Um, we had a miscarriage when I was 10 weeks pregnant and that just, you know, that like ripped open that big wound started to heal. Um, and so that was really, really hard too. Um, so it's been quite a journey. Um, but in the midst of it all, the Lord's been so good. He's been so faithful to us. He never left us, never forsake us in the midst of it all. Um, he just, he was our, he was our rock. And, um, we just were stripped to a place where, you know, we had, we had lost everything. Our expectation for, for what was to come, our vision for our future just, you know, when we lost Natalie and Noah, it was, it all just fell apart. And, um, it was, it was just, you know, how, how are we going to keep going? How are we going to get through this? Um, but it's just like in that place, in that, um, desperate place of heartbreak where I just learned so much about the Lord's grace and about how faithful he is to us, even in the midst of such pain. And I learned in such like a practical way that like the primary place that my hope needs to be is in Jesus, because I can't rely on anything else in this life. Everything else in this life is so fleeting. And so if I don't ground myself in the hope that I have in Jesus, knowing that he'll never leave me, he's the only thing in this life that won't change and will never fail. And if I, apart from that, I, I don't know. I don't know how people do it otherwise, really. I will say everything that Lindsay said, I'm, I'm right with her on that. Just one thing that stood out to me that maybe I'll never forget a traumatizing moment for me is um, hearing the water break. We're in there. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, everything's fine. You know, she's in some pain, but it's all going to be fine. Um, and even on the way there, we were thinking, uh, we're just going to stop at Dunkin' Donuts after this. You know, we're going to get us. <laughs> Uh, bagels, you know, we're just going to kind of move on with the day. And um, but getting there and, and they're talking about how serious the situation is. And the doctor said, you're going to have these babies today. That's what the doctor said. And I'm like, I, complete shock. Couldn't believe it. Um, I still didn't believe it. Even after she said that, I'm like, no, no, that's not going to happen. And then I thought, like Lindsay was saying, well, if the babies do come, they'll be fine. You know, the doctors will take care of them. Everything will be good. Um, but when I heard that water break, that sound I will never forget. Um, it's just in my memory, um, really traumatizing. Um, but since then, God has blessed us, you know, with three other babies that live with us here. So um, I've heard that sound other times too. It's been difficult, but you know, it's been you know really grateful. So 
those times as well. But that sounds just in my mind. So when we go through loss and traumatic events, for me as a guy, I'm there to hyper support my wife. What did that look like for you from both a an emotional perspective, a spiritual perspective, and maybe even a physical perspective? Yeah, so that was one of my first priorities. It just kind of came natural. I'm like, you know, yeah. I've got to take care of her. i got to do what I can. I've got to support her. She's going through something so difficult right now. Like, what can I do? So I tried to be there the best that I could. I would just listen sometimes. Sometimes I wouldn't say anything. As I mentioned, it was just a shock in the very beginning. I'm like, I couldn't believe it was happening. And there would be nights where Lindsay would just wake up in the middle of the night just like yelling, no, no, no. Like that's in my mind as well. Like, I don't know that that will ever leave when I go back to that place. Um, but just wanting to to pray for us, to kind of lead us in that way. Um, it was hard like afterwards to go back to like normal living. We're like what is normal life, normal living? Like our world's kind of stopped, but everything else was continuing to go on around us. Um, one of the things that I would do is I would look up different sermons. Um, just want I want to learn more. I want to to hear more on a deeper level of you know people in Scripture that went through difficult times and how God brought them through. Um, so we would just watch sermons at night um, just to try to find some comfort. Um, I would also look up different Bible verses. I remember when we got home, um, we didn't really want to go back to that bedroom. We had talked about you know the nursery. Because uh, we had set up rooms and everything, the, the twins' beds and everything, a double-sized rocking chair and everything. The room was all set up. Um, but we didn't really want to go there until we got home. It was just that feeling, we've got to go back there. So we just went down to the floor. We just wept. And um, I just remember, you know, in the days ahead, I would get a Bible out, and I would just be turning through pages. I just wanted to find anything that was going to be, you know, bring us comfort from the Scripture, um, any verses about suffering, She'd be laying on the floor, and I would just be reading the scriptures to us. I'd just be flipping through the Psalms, going through Job and a number of different passages. Um, so that was some of what I was doing in that time. Um, but additionally, um, we're like outdoors people. We like to go out, go outside, go walk. So I would start to look up different sort of nature preserve areas, you know, trails, outdoors. Um, so I'd find a bunch of new places. We would go, and we would just kind of walk around. Um, and we found that was some healing for us. So I'd find the place that would take us there. Found that that was really helpful. And um, actually, it was very difficult to to smile or to laugh for quite a while in the very beginning. Um, until on one particular walk that we came across, we're walking, we're pretty deep in the woods. There's not very many people out. And um, I saw this huge, um, like a beehive, like a hornet's nest. It's probably the size of a basketball hanging on a tree. And um, we're just walking along, and I'm just thinking, I'm going to nail this thing, you know? So <laughs> this sounds like a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So Lindsay, you know, she thinks I have a rock, but I had a stick. And um, I'm looking at this big nest, and I see there's one hornet right on the edge of the entrance there, just kind of watching me. And I'm, like, I'm just going to go for it. So as soon as I released the stick, it came out, and it hit me right on the forehead. And then I said to Lindsay, I said, run! <laughs> Off running, running, and running. We didn't stop. I don't know. Did we run a half mile or something? It was a long way. So here I am, like a couple weeks postpartum. Oh no, running. But you know what? It's like it's, and I know we're talking about like a really serious, painful topic. 
but it's like, gosh, if we can't laugh at that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was like, I think that was the first time we, we laughed and smiled. It's the one time we can look back on from that time period. And, you know, so God gave us a little, I don't know, maybe he did that literally just for that reason. <laughs> Do you feel guilty laughing? Do you feel pressure to um, have joy? Like, is that where that comes from? Where you feel, um, I should not, I shouldn't be in a joyful state. Is that where you feel like that comes from a little bit? Oh, is that, is that Jason? I would say there were definitely yeah. times at the beginning, yeah, laughing or whatever. You know, we would feel that guilt in the beginning. I know I would. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like it was, it felt so like foreign to be around people that were happy because right. it was, you know, that that's like that sense of, of joy really wasn't there for a long mm-hmm. time. So for sure. For sure. There's like dealing with that. Like, why am I like, I'm laughing right now? Like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yes, that's definitely a thing. Yeah, it's like this overwhelming, like, right? Like, am I allowed to feel that? That kind of, it's it's just a weird place to be, you know? Yeah, something else would be like, you know, can we treat ourselves to a dessert or something? Yep. Like, you know, I was like, you know, I don't know if we can't. So that would be something. I'm a big yeah. food guy, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that was maybe something, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, I don't know if we can or should, but then we kind of moved past that. And, yeah. So uh, Lindsay writes the book, Jason, how did you, as a guy, how did you handle, you know, we have to go through this experience as men uh, supporting our wives and watching them suffer. And then at some point we have to deal with the pain ourselves. So what did that look like for you? What was your journey through um, handling the hard things that kind of Lindsay shares with the, in the book, but like, what, what was your journey like? Yeah. So for me, um, and I know people may process, you know, grief differently. For me, I was just feeling anger and I'm like, I'm not normally like an angry person or whatever, but I'm like, why am I angry? So it was really strange to me. I'm having all this anger. I'm like, what is this? Um, so I wasn't sure why I couldn't figure it out. And I would say, I want to figure out like, why am I so angry? Yes, we lost the baby. Well, what is this anger? And um, I think what I came to realize was, um, I was angry because I felt like I, I could feel my wife's pain. And I'm like, I don't feel like there's really anything I can really do to help her through this. You know, yes, I know we can read the Bible and pray, but I'm like, she's in agony. And it was hurting me. It was hurting me to my core so deeply. Um, and there was a time someone had asked me shortly after that, um, you know, are you angry at God? You know, because I was trying to figure it out. And um, perhaps th- this person was trying to help me, you know. And I'm like, no, I'm not angry at God. That wasn't even like a thing for me. I'm like, no, not at all. Like he's, he's what I'm running to. He's what I have. He's my source, my peace, my help, everything that I need. No, I'm not angry at him. Um, but it was really, it, it was what my wife was going through and just agony. Like I said, the number of times in the night, waking up, screaming, crying, like and just trying to comfort her. Um, and, and it was just like I was in shock too. Um, but there were some different Bible passages that really helped me. Um, the book of Job was one that was particularly helpful. And I'm not like comparing myself with Job, but that's just a place I go to when I just think of suffering and hardship. Um, almost like unimaginable hardship what he went through. Um, lost many of his family members, his children, you know, his, his, his livestock, his well-being, um, his business, so to say. Um, and realizing for me, I found comfort realizing that 
Um, it wasn't his fault what he went through, what he experienced. You know, the scripture there says he was blameless and he was, you know, basically a great man of God. And just through reading the scriptures there, uh, for, through the first couple of chapters, just seeing that there's spiritual activity, things that go on in the heavenly realms that we aren't aware of and that we might not ever like understand. But um, I wanted to understand the why in the beginning. Like, why did this happen? I want to understand, like, what's going on? Um, and we really believed that these babies were going to be here with us. So we were really praying. We were believing. We had the names picked out. Um, so I'm like, what happened? What's going on? So in the beginning, I was just like, God, did you do this to me or did you allow it? Did you do this to us or did you allow it? And I learned um, and I believe strongly he allowed these things to happen. Sometimes things are allowed to come into our life that we don't understand. And God has purposes and plans for them that we may never understand here on this earth. Um, but he's worthy to be trusted um, even in the midst of that all the time. Um, there are just some things that are going to happen we're not going to understand on this earth. Um, but another passage of scripture that was really helpful to me um, was when David lost a baby. Um, it comes from 2 Samuel chapter 12. Um, so I'm like, you know, are there other people in, in scripture that lost a baby? Like, what was that like? So reading through that passage, um, you know, different circumstances there of kind of what David was going through. Um, you know, David was praying and fasting, you know, that the baby was going to make it and be okay. Um, but the baby ended up passing away. And just one verse in particular that stood out to me was verse 23, um, where David said, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. You know, because I had questioned, I'm like, you know, well, how do we know for sure our baby's going to heaven? You know, at that point in time, I'm wrestling through it. I, I want to know, like, where's this baby going? And I found a lot of comfort in that passage of scripture. I will go to him, but he will not return to me. So I found comfort. I'm saying the same thing. That convinced me. It reassured me. Our babies can't come back us but by god's grace and our faith we will go to them so i was i was and i am so grateful for this truth and it really helped me in processing what i was going through in that period of time in my distress and my grief and so it was from john chapter 6 where jesus was giving this uh, difficult teaching uh, from what some of the disciples were saying you know i'm the bread of life they weren't quite grasping it you know what was going on you know they're saying moses gave us this bread from heaven and then Jesus says, I am the bread of life, right? So then it says, the scripture says that many of the disciples des deserted Jesus, so not the 12, because he addressed the 12 separately. And he asked the 12 after they had deserted him, are you going to leave too? And Peter answered and said, to whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. So that's really stuck with me too, really resonated with me. To me, there's nowhere to go. I need him. I can't do this without him. I never want to live life on my own. And this really strengthened my faith. So those were a few of the passages that I really held on to, kept praying over, kept reading over them. And so that's kind of some of my processing through all that. Lindsay, in the book, your journal entry that you read at Natalie and Noah's memorial service is, is kind of in tandem with what Jason just said, which is like this deep agony and pain like Job had, but yet deep trust and realization that he's not going to leave you. He's not going to walk away from you. He is there in the midst of it. One of the things that I try to help people understand a lot is that 
people, I think sometimes ask that question, well, where, where did you, where were you in all this situation? You know, I was one of the questions that I asked, you know, as we were going through it and, you know, I, you have to stick to that scripture. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You know, Deuteronomy says it, but then Hebrews cross references it. Maybe that's for a reason and a purpose, right? Like you got to put it in both books, man, like bo- both sides of the book, you know, but, um, to me, pain, as you guys know, is a very powerful emotion. It's interesting, Jason, that you said anger. I went through a lot of in-depth coaching and counseling, and it was funny. My counselor said, you realize that all of your emotions come out as anger. And it was like this, like, how, what? Like, and, and I love what you articulated was, which was that you weren't angry at God. It's just as a guy, sometimes we're just angry not at our creator and not at the savior, but just there's so much pressure and pain that the emotion is anger. And what do we do with that? I don't know. Sometimes I don't have the answer to like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with this. It's just here. (laughs) So walk me through what's a good thing that you guys experienced on the backside of your your loss. And I'll let either one of you go first, because that's a kind of a big question to ask. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So through it, on the good side, the positive side is I feel like we definitely grew closer to each other through this time. We grew deeper in our relationship with each other. We grew deeper in our relationship with God um, as we were seeking him, holding on to him, clinging on to him and holding on to each other through it. Um, We prayed together perhaps more than ever. We read the Bible together. We watched sermons together. Probably even helped to develop our prayer life as a married couple together. Um, so I feel like there was certainly a lot of good that came from it in that sense. Lindsay, did you have? Well, there were certainly some some tough things too. And uh, is that your next question, Ryan, or am I jumping ahead? <laughs> no, you can go wherever you want to go. I'd love to. I'd love to know like the good, the good, the bad, the ugly. Because I think here's the thing. I think people, people, and, and this is the kind of person I want to be. I want to be a real person. I want to be a real person that follows Jesus. And in part of being real and following Jesus is understanding, like I just said, that anger is the thing. How do I deal with that anger? There's good and bad in marriage. What does that look like? And then how do you grow out of it? You know? Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. I also want to add to, because, you know, I know like a lot of what we're talking about, right. We're talking about our pain and we're talking about, how good God is. And we're talking about how good faith, how, how faithful he is and how we trusted him and, and like all this, but like, also like, also want to like add in there. It's not that we didn't struggle. Like, yes, we chose to trust God, but that was a choice. That wasn't a feeling because after you go through pain and tragedy, you don't really feel like trusting God. Right. So I just want to like, also like add that it was a, it was not an emotional response to like want to trust God and whatever. It was, it was a choice because I knew that Jesus is the savior of my soul and there's nowhere else for me to go apart from him. But that doesn't mean that I always had a good attitude about that. Um, And I I am quite raw in, in the book, you know, about Mm -hmm. different things. And it's, it's, it's really real, you know, um, because just because we say, yes, we trust God through it doesn't, doesn't mean that that like came easy or naturally necessarily. And 
Um, you know, I think I have in a couple of my prayers, you know, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm just thinking, you know, when I'm going through all that, you know, I know there can be this potential tendency to be like, stuff our feelings as a guy, right? We stuff it. We don't talk about it. You know, you just kind of, maybe you try to ignore, I don't know, whatever it may be, people may process differently, but I knew when I was going through that, I can't do that because if I stuff it, it's going to just, it's going to do something to me. It's going to build up. It's going to come out in other areas of my life that might not be healthy. Um, so I really applaud you, Ryan, for doing that, for seeking out, you know, a counselor, somebody to talk to, but I felt like I needed to talk about this. And so there were a couple of godly men at church where I go to the pastor. He was great met with me. We talked through and process. He just allowed me to share. So I felt like for me, healing, part of the healing process was sharing, was talking about it, was telling the story, was going through those details. That I felt like really helped me to heal and really to process some of that anger I was feeling, um, to allow myself to kind of feel that and express it and speak it out. Um, so I'm really thankful for those people in my life that I was able to tell the story to, to process, to feel those things and work through it. Did you process with Lindsay at all? And Lindsay, did you want him to process with you? Mm. So interesting because it ties into what I was going to say about, um, about the difficult time that we went through. Um, so hopefully this answers your question, but um, the really tough time that we went through, like us together, our relationship was when there came a point in time when it, it was maybe what a couple weeks after and Jason had to pull back from me he I was I was such a wreck I was um needing so much emotionally from him and I think like now looking back I think it was really prohibiting his ability to process his own grief so there came a point in time when he literally had to tell me I'm sorry I just I just can't be there for you right now and um, let me tell you, that was a hard moment, right? And it really felt like a crisis for me and for us, because, you know, from my perspective, what are you talking about? You can't be there for me right now. Like, do you see me? I like, I need you. Um, but really, it was the best thing at the time that he could have done for himself. And actually for me too, because what it did was it forced me to find my foundation back in the Lord. And I had to learn not to rely on Jason to meet all of my emotional needs um, when I thought he should. And, um, you know, so I, I had to I had to learn first and foremost that the source of all, you know, the meeting of my needs is the Lord. And um, that was so important. Um, Jason couldn't be my everything. He can't be, you still can't be my everything. Sorry. Right. right? <laughs> you know, so it was just, it was, it was a really important thing to learn. And um, I think it also helped Jason to be able to take that time to take a hot minute to grieve himself and to like recover enough to, to where then he could be like there for me again, yeah, which okay, he was, okay. it wasn't like he, he didn't just like say, sorry, I'm not going to talk to you about this anymore, like forever. Mm. It was for a time. And, um, you know, and then he was able to re recover enough and, and we got through it. Okay. It got to the point where it felt like for me, I was doing everything that I could. I, I basically was giving everything that I felt like I had for those first couple or few weeks. 
you know, if, if she's crying or she's upset, I've got my hand on her, I'm rubbing her, I'm holding her, you know, I'm talking, I'm comforting her, I'm, I'm praying for her, I'm doing everything that I knew how to do, everything I, that I had in me. And then it got to that certain point where I was like, I don't feel like there's anything left of me to give or it's, it's going to cause damage. This is going to cause some sort of like emotional damage or mental damage for me. And I'm like, I, I'm so sorry. I want to be there for you, but I just can't. I just can't right now. I'm so sorry. I can feel it. Like the damage. I'm like, I, I need to take just a step back for a little bit and kind of work through some of this on my own. So I kind of went through that process. Um, just some isolation a little bit and which I know like I don't want to be at that place too long but it helped me to kind of process and speak with some men in the church and then I felt like I was kind of I don't know if you want to say re-energized or I just had stuff I was built back up enough where I could come back and and hopefully be that support again to Lindsay I hope you felt that way yeah yeah so I think the answer to that question you know to go back around is that like both right we we definitely processed with each other that's a lot of when we would go for walks in these wooded places and we would just process together um and and yet there also um it was really important for us to to process and deal with things on our own too which you know just like what jason said and then you know for for me just my time alone with the lord and my journal entries what would life look like for the two of you if you didn't include jesus in your healing process Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever like put myself there. I mean, it could even t- yeah. turn really bad. It could turn into, you know, divorce. Is it my fault? Well, it is your fault. You know, it could turn into, you know, blaming one another. It could mm-hmm. get so bad where, you know, uh, could turn into like suicidal thoughts. It could get really ugly, I think, you know, and, and we have to have um, Jesus, our comfort, our strength, our help, you know, and the Holy Spirit to help us through it. Um, I, I just couldn't imagine it without Jesus. I really couldn't. It's so hard enough. It, um, it, it's, it's extremely difficult as it is with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I can't imagine. Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you said. I'm like, I'm trying to think it's like, what, what do you do apart from that hope that we have? But I guess what you do is try to seek um, anything that's going to make you feel better uh, whatever kind of world, worldly thing to, to ease your pain. I mean, does it turn to substance, you know, substance abuse for some people? I can see why it would, um, mm-hmm. you know, but anything to try to ease the pain and get through the days. But it's like anything that you do apart from apart from that, like foundation of hope in Jesus is, is just so fallible, right? And it's not lasting. I could barely do it with him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. And I mean, I ask it that way because I think it's important that, you know, you guys did offer hope. This book offers a tremendous amount of hope for people. Sometimes when you turn to things like substances or things that are not Jesus, hope only gets you so far. At some point, you know, we all have friends that have perpetual pain that just aren't dealing with it. And I, I, I was looking on uh, in the book here, journal entry from June 23rd. That's when you had the memorial service. And I looked at the very back one, the very last page um, here is journal entry from November 29th. So, so June to November is what this book covers that, that time frame. So you mean to tell me that like you didn't just wake up one morning and everything was okay? Is that what you're telling me? Right. Well, oh, and you want to know a secret, Ryan? Though, <laughs> so 
So the uh, the journal entries also swap in year midway through the book um, because that's when I had I had the miscarriage. So mm. um, so the last maybe quarter of the journal entries are are after the after we lost the third baby. Mm. Um, so it you know the the book kind of chronicles the journey right of um, of the twins and then of course I have the of the chapter of you know where we where we lost the third baby and. Um, and so those journal entries switch to right after. So really even longer, like two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. To just, just remember that. Yeah, it did carry on for some time. And of course, when anniversaries and everything come up, you know, the month of, um, we feel it the whole month, you know, um, each, you know, what's approaching, you know, whenever it's getting close. Um, and I don't know that that will ever go away. Um, and I don't know that we ever want it to go away. We yeah, always want to think about them. We want to remember them. We want to yeah. talk about them. We want to you know, just um, kind of process it, continue to process it over the years. And carry so, them with us throughout our lives. You know, really, that's really important to us. Yeah. So here's the last question. Who are you more excited to see when you get to heaven? I just picture myself going to Jesus, you know, hugging him, whatever that all looks like, and then saying, hey, Jesus, where are they? Yeah. Where are yeah. they, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> I just kind yeah. of picture just on the spot thinking about it but yeah i'm just i'm excited it's an exciting very exciting and hopeful um you know perspective belief for sure like faith that we're gonna we're gonna be where they are again and um it's just such a blessing i'm so grateful for that yeah i was just gonna say you know i i I think i have this in the book too but i have this you know, this image in my mind, which I have no idea if it's possibly going to be like this, but this image in my mind of, you know, when I, when I see them again, of, uh, you know, I picture like a child, you know, like kind of like a long way off from, from their mother and like turning and seeing the mother and just like running as fast as they can, like into their mother's open. So I see it makes, it gets me every time, every time, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know if it'll be anything like that, but um, it gives me so much hope. And probably, you know, if, if that's what it's like, then I'll probably be like just falling at Jesus' feet out of his glory, like all at the same time. Maybe it'll all be fine. Right. I know. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for your faithfulness in writing the book. Thank you, Jason, for continuing to pray for Lindsay and to carry this burden with her. I know that, like in the very beginning introduction, she thanks you. And it was a cool thing to see where she thanked you for not only, you know, going through it with her, but then, you know, creating the space. And I think that this book is going to help a lot of people. I think it's a good thing to pick up. We will have a link to it in our show notes. And Lindsay, Jason... Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your story. And thank you for taking a step of massive faith to try to to try to add the light of Jesus to something that's very difficult. And I want to commend you on that because I know how hard that can be. So thank you guys very much. So we're so grateful you had us. Yeah, so. absolutely. You've been listening to the Four Known Men podcast. When you go through a pregnancy loss, the pain can be overwhelming, and you may not know where to turn for support. At Four Known Ministries, we guide men and women to process grief through encouragement, community, and ultimately the hope that Jesus has for their future. If that's you, text four men, that's the number four, and men to 719-626-8486. 
You can also go to foreknownministries.org to get help now. If you've enjoyed this episode and think it would help someone out, please share it. Thank you for listening. We know Jesus wants to meet with you in your pain. Turn to him and we promise you'll find everlasting hope. God bless.